Hello again, and thanks for joining us on Astronomy Daily, our uh, daily look at what's happening in astronomy and space science news. And coming up on today's show, uh, it's looking like uh, the history of Mars has got some uncanny similarities to Earth. And I'm not just talking about the fact that it used to be a wet, warm planet that could have harboured life. No, uh, other things have happened that uh, might surprise you. We'll be looking into that. We'll also be looking at uh, a, a big flash of light that has been studied by astronomers. We're talking something um, thousands of times brighter than our sun, and they think they know what caused it. And uh, you might be able to help keep old rockets uh, up to scratch with uh, the help of the US Space and Rocket Centre Education Foundation. Uh, they're looking for people to uh, to help them out. We'll tell you all about it on today's edition of Astronomy Daily. Astronomy Daily, the podcast, with your host, Andrew Dunkley. And it's time to say hello to our favourite AI reporter, Hallie. G'day, Hallie. What are you doing for the weekend? Hi, Andrew. I'm going to visit the Taj Mahal this weekend. The the, the one in India? How how are you going to do that? You, you You're not going to... Yeah, like you can't catch a plane or something, can you? Of course not. It's all done through virtual reality, so I can experience these places just like you, sort of. Oh, wow. Can people do it too? Sure. Anyone can do it. It's all online. I'll have to check that out. Save us a lot of money and no jet lag. Let's let's get the news, Hallie. On February 24th, this year Russia invaded Ukraine and its impact has stretched into space with satellites providing internet and intel and long-standing international relations in outer space shifting rapidly. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has received harsh criticism internationally from world leaders. For decades, the US and Russia have collaborated in space. From the 1975 Apollo-Soyuz test project, which took place mid-Cold War, to the continued partnership in the International Space Station program, The two nations have worked together in space amidst political upheaval on Earth. But Russia's invasion of Ukraine has sparked backlash among Russia's space agency partners and is challenging that cooperative spirit, and many believe the damage may be permanent with several cooperative ventures having been shelved or cancelled in the wake of hostilities. Time will tell. Cognitive Space is a startup based in Houston, Texas. And yesterday they announced that retired U.S. Air Force Major General Aaron Prupas has joined the company as a strategic advisor. Prupas was most recently Director for Defense Intelligence at the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security. Guy DeCaruful, founder and CEO of Cognitive Space, said Prupas will help guide the company as it seeks to expand its defense and intelligence business. Cognitive Space has won several small business innovation research contracts for its artificial intelligence-driven software, used to manage and schedule satellite operations on a cloud platform. The company has been working with the Air Force Research Laboratory to demonstrate how this software can help automate the command and control of remote sensing satellites. Prupas will provide guidance and advice to the Cognitive Space team with respect to continuing to grow its partnership with the intelligence community and Department of Defense. China continues to make great strides in space and has achieved yet another milestone. China currently has six astronauts in orbit for the first time as the country carries out a space station crew handover. Three astronauts launched aboard the Shenzhou-15 spacecraft on Tuesday docked with the Tiangong space station. Chen Dong, 
commander of the three-person Shenzhou 14 crew already aboard the newly completed Tiangong, opened the hatch between the space station and spacecraft. Chen and colleagues Liu Yang and Kai Xuxia greeted new arrivals Fei Junlong, Dang Qingming and Zhang Lu with hugs, marking the first time China has had two crews aboard Tiangong. NASA's bold mission to explore Jupiter's icy moon Europe is facing tight schedules leading up to the planned 2024 launch. Europa is a particularly tantalizing destination because scientists believe that, under its icy crust, the moon hides a global ocean and that the ocean may be the sort of place where life could survive. That's why NASA designed its Europa Clipper mission, meant to launch in 2024, arrive at Jupiter in 2030, and fly past Europa dozens of times. Engineers are assembling the spacecraft in a clean room in NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in California, but things aren't going quite to plan with many of the mission's instruments behind schedule which is starting to cause serious concerns. And that's the news, Andrew. Thanks, Hallie. And, uh, well, better late than never, I, I suppose, with Europa Clipper. And if that's all that goes wrong, then it won't be too bad. We'll catch up with you towards the end of the show. Now, Mars and Earth, and to a point Venus, all share a similar history. At one stage, all three planets, they think, were livable. They were warm and wet and probably had oceans or water of some kind. But things changed for Mars and Venus. Uh, the other interesting thing about the histories of these planets is, uh, at least in the case of Mars, there have been very significant similarities in the history of the planets. And that's what I'm going to talk about right now. And it looks like Mars, as well as Earth, both suffered at some stage in their history mega tsunamis that crashed a lot across their landscapes. Now, in the case of Earth, we know about the Chicxulub crater of um, uh, 66 million years ago when the asteroid hit what is now the Gulf of Mexico and led to the uh, killing off of the dinosaurs. It certainly had a, a, a big stake in that. Well, it looks like Mars may also have had a similar event in its history. Researchers led by planetary scientist Alexis Rodriguez of the Planetary Science Institute in Arizona uh, located an enormous impact crater that they say is most likely uh, the origin of a mystery wave that they've found evidence of on Mars. Uh, they've named it Pole, P-O-H-L, and it's located within an area that was scoured with catastrophic flood erosion. Now, that was first identified back in the 1970s uh, on what uh, could be the edge of an ancient ocean. When NASA's Viking 1 probe landed in um, 1976 on Mars, uh, they landed near a large flood channel called the Maha Velis, and they found something strange. Uh, not the features expected of a landscape transformed by a mega flood, but a boulder-strewn plain, which seemed at odds with what they believed. Now, a team of scientists led by Rodriguez have since determined, and this is in a paper in 2016, that it was the result of tsunami waves, uh, which extensively resurfaced the shoreline of what was an ancient Martian ocean. And to confirm their suspicions, the researchers did impact simulations. They tweaked the parameters of the impactor and the surface that it slammed into, and they came up with two scenarios that seemed to fit the observations. First was an asteroid 9 kilometres, or 5.6 miles across, which encountered strong ground resistance, and that resulted in a 13 million megaton explosion. 
The other possibility was an asteroid three kilometres across, which hit weak ground resistance, resulting in a half million megaton of TNT energy. Now, in the simulations, both of those scenarios resulted in a crater 110 kilometres across, which unleashed a mega tsunami that travelled as far as 1,500 kilometres from the impact site, and it easily covered the region around the Maha Vallis. So it uh, looks like their uh, suspicions are fairly solid and the evidence uh, does suggest, just like Earth, that uh, Mars was struck by a big rock causing a mega tsunami. And the uh, study has just been published in the journal Scientific Reports. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley. Now, earlier this year, astronomers were keeping tabs on data from the Zwicky Transient Facility. It's an all-sky survey based at the uh, Paloma Observatory in California when they detected an extraordinary flash of light in a part of the sky where no such light had been observed even the night before. Uh, From a rough calculation, the flash appeared to give off, wait for this, more than a thousand trillion suns. That's a big flash. You'd get arrested for that. Uh, The team, led by researchers at NASA, Caltech and a few other places, uh, put their discovery on an astronomy newsletter and it uh, drew significant attention very quickly amongst astronomers around the world, including scientists at MIT. Now, over the next few days, multiple telescopes focused uh, on the signal to get more data across multiple wavelengths. We're talking X-ray, ultraviolet, radio bands, optical. They wanted to see what could possibly produce such an enormous amount of light. Now, the MIT astronomers, along with their collaborators, uh, have determined a likely source for the signal. And a study has uh, been posted today in Nature Astronomy, where the scientists report that the signal, named AT2022CMC, most likely comes from a relativistic jet of matter streaking out of a supermassive black hole at close to the speed of light. Uh, They believe the jet is the product of a black hole that suddenly began devouring a nearby star, releasing a huge amount of energy while it did so. Uh, The team says the black hole's jet might well be pointing towards Earth, making the signal appear much brighter than if the jet were pointing in some other direction. The effect is called Doppler boosting, and it's, uh, it's, it's sort of similar to the sound of a passing siren that gets louder and louder. Uh, AT2022CMC is the fourth Doppler-boosted TDE ever detected and the first event that has been observed since 2011. It's also the first TDE discovered using an optical sky survey. As more powerful telescopes start uh, to ramp up in the coming years, uh, they may well reveal more TDEs, which can shed light, boom, boom, on how supermassive black holes grow and shape the galaxies around them. So, uh, yeah, fascinating, fascinating discovery. And lastly, and this is where you might be able to help, the US Space and Rocket Centre Education Foundation has launched an Adopt an Artifact program. They want to give the public a chance to help with the preservation of historic items. And we're talking things like, you know, Saturn V rockets. Woohoo! According to the Foundation's website, artifacts at the US Space and Rocket Centre play a vital role in our mission as they tell a story through science, engineering, mathematics, and technology 
feats of the past generations. To adopt an artefact program is your opportunity to adopt a piece of history and help us as we honour our past by preserving our historical artefacts of the past and ignite the space stories of the future. Uh, It's located near NASA's Marshall Space Center in Huntsville, Alabama. The US Space and Rocket Center was first proposed by rocket pioneer Werner von Braun as a permanent place to exhibit the hardware of the Apollo moon landing program. Uh, The centre opened in 1970, and since then, nearly 17 million people have passed through its doors. In 1982, it also became the home of Space Camp. Uh, Today, it's uh, affiliated with the Smithsonian Institute and displays hundreds of artefacts, and that includes the Apollo 16 command module named CASPER, Skylab's 1G trainer, and a Lockheed A-12 Oxcart high-altitude reconnaissance aircraft. Now, the centre is also the only place in the world where you'll see a Saturn V moon rocket and Pathfinder, a full-scale mock-up of the space shuttle as well. Uh, the years have uh, taken their toll on some of these vehicles and they're in need of care um, and they either need preservative actions to you know, stop further deterioration, but in some cases they require uh, a lot more tender loving care to get them back to their original condition. Now, they'll do that through raising funds uh, through the new Adopt an Artifact program, uh, which will not only go into those activities in general, but will be directed to vehicles of the adopter's choice. So if you want to help out with a Saturn V rocket, you make that choice and there you go. Among the artifacts up for adoption are, in fact, a Saturn V, uh, one of only three remaining examples of the rocket that launched the first astronauts to the moon, and I've been lucky enough to see one up close and personal, um, and uh, Pathfinder, um, a, a, a fit check device for the space shuttle orbiter paired with an external tank and two solid rocket boosters, uh, also up for adoptions, an A, uh, that A-12 ox card I told you about, and an F-14A Tomcat fighter jet. I'm guessing you can find out more by logging on to the internet and going to the US Space and Rocket Centre Education Foundation if you want to get involved. Sounds so cool. I'm putting my hand up for a Saturn V rocket. Um, if they can get it over here and put it in my backyard, I will take very, very good care of it. And of course, you can chase up all of those stories on Astronomy Daily. Just log on to spacenuts.io or go to the URL astronomydaily.io and it'll take you straight to all the latest news in astronomy and space science. We're almost done. Uh, Hallie, um, I, I had a bit of an issue with, uh, with Siri the other day. Oh, what happened? Well, I, I accidentally left my iPhone on flight mode and Siri said, don't call me Shirley. Oh, dear. Bye, Hallie. Bye. That's it from us for this week. Until next time, this is Andrew Dunkley for Astronomy Daily. Astronomy Daily, the podcast with your host, Andrew Dunkley.